Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this installment of California Employment News, an informative video podcast resource offered by the Labor and Employment Group at Weintraub Tobin. My name is Megan Bainbridge, and I'm a shareholder in the firm's Labor and Employment Group. And today I'm joined by my colleague, Ryan Abernathy, for the second episode of our two-part series regarding employment policies for startups. The first episode concentrated on the importance of properly determining employee classifications to avoid future liability. Today, we're going to focus on the nuts and bolts of employing your very first employees. Ryan, what should startups know about paying its employees? Thanks, Megan. The very first thing that a startup would need to do is to obtain what's called the employer identification number or the EIN number. It's also known as the federal tax identification number. Um, And what an EIN does is it's needed to pay employment taxes, to hire employees, to open a bank account, to apply for business licenses and permits, um, and all those things. It's the kind of a first step in the process here. Um, the next step that's you know highly recommended is that the startup consider retaining what's called a payroll service company. And there's a lot of options out there in the marketplace. Um, but payroll service companies, they assist with payroll processing and management services, such as Everything from tracking employee attendance to collecting wage and time information, calculating wages and payroll taxes, keeping electronic payroll records, setting and making direct deposits, all the way to actually mailing out the tax information to the employees as well as their paychecks. A lot of things that would be very foreign to a startup that specializes in particular business, but you know wants to be able to outsource some of these HR type work. Um, but it's important uh, that the startup is aware that these service companies, um, they're not your attorneys. And uh, it's ultimately their uh, problems and any issues that have the, that could be imputed to you in the form of liability. Um, we'll share a quick war story here. Um, sometimes employers in uh, California, they, they round employee time and clock in and clock out times to the nearest five-minute increment, for example. Um, In most cases, that's no longer lawful in California. Um, But many payroll companies continue to list rounding as an option um, that they can select when they're selecting the payroll services. Um, And so this error alone can lead to hundreds of thousands of dollars in liability, depending on the size of the company and how long it's been in place. So again, that's just one example of many as to why it's still important to make sure that um, those errors uh, are, aren't, there are no errors at the onset um, and that you're ready to go. And so it's good to have maybe attorney review some of those things. Um, another thing uh, to, that startups need to consider um, as a, maybe a third step is to make sure their timekeeping system is in place. This is some of the payroll services can often assist with and provide um, compliant meal and rest breaks. That's a new universe for a lot of people. Um, we have other um episodes you can go back where we talk about the specific requirements i won't uh, belabor this video with those but feel free to go back and, re- and review those um, but essentially it's a 30 minute break for every five hours worked and then a uh, 10 minute rest break for every uh, four hours worked. Um, and then the minimum wage is another issue that uh, startups need to consider quite uh, you know right off the bat when you have an employee And um, most people are familiar with the state and the federal minimum wage, but minimum wage can actually vary from city to city and county to county. So it's really important that startups be aware of whatever applicable wage um, uh, might be in effect. Um, In addition, and lastly here is, I guess, the the remote workers issue. Um, A lot of startups we find, they employ folks who are working in different states often, right? Even though they're performing work for a California-based company, 
um, it's likely that the state's employment laws would apply to wherever that employee is actually based. Um, so again, that adds a, a wrinkle to make sure it's ironed out um, at the onset um, when you're starting up here. Um, with that, Megan's going to share now some uh, additional HR issues for startups to consider. Yeah, well, if it's within the company's financial ability, I always urge new employers, startups included, to engage a human resources firm or an employment attorney to help get the company's workers off the ground. Employing individuals in the state of California is difficult, and there are numerous factors that must be considered. Getting it right from the start will go a long way in reducing liability going forward. And first, new employers have to hire people, right? Oftentimes, this means an employee or a potential employee will fill out an application. There are a lot of laws in California that restrict what information can be requested in that application. For instance, the California Fair Employment Practices Act provides that no pre-employment inquiries or specifications may be made concerning a job applicant's protected class, so their race, religion, that sort of thing. Employers are also restricted from asking questions about criminal backgrounds and employment applications should not seek information about social security numbers or any other inherently private information. Second, new employers should use offer letters that uh, set in an individual's expectations for their employment. Offer letters should include a statement that the employment relationship is at will, which means um, either the company or the individual can terminate the employment relationship at any time. It should also include such information as the start date, salary, benefits, you know, that sort of thing. Third, all new employers should create an employee handbook that lays out the company expectations and policies. Topics that should be included are, again, restate the at-will employment relationship language. Cannot say that too many times. It should include provisions and provisions for equal opportunity um, employment or equal employment opportunity. Employee conduct um, expectations, uh, rules regarding performance. You know, how is a performance going to be evaluated at the company? Information regarding health and safety, workplace guidelines, and possibly um, leaves. So kind of that general information. Fourth, each employee should be given a job description that includes the essential functions of the job, as well as any other incidental job duties that will help frame the employee expectations. It also serves as really valuable information for you know, when it comes to maybe evaluating employee performance, providing accommodations, and that sort of thing. Ryan, what else should employers consider as their startup grows? Yeah, so startups inherently, they start with a few and they grow and they get more employees. And as um, as a startup gets more employees, they'll find more employment laws start to apply to them. That's because the applicability of most employment laws is dependent on the number of employees a business has. Um, so a single new hire, so your 50th employee you hire, for instance, can trigger a whole new host of laws um, that apply to all employees, right? So it's critical that startups kind of are gauging this and understanding what laws apply as they grow. Um, it's also important um, for startups to really create consistent performance review programs um, based on objective criteria. So as you've probably gathered so far, um, thorough documentation is very critical for all employers and performance reviews are no different. And startups should create consistent performance reviews uh, and a program that's based on, again, objective, preferably well-documented you know, criteria. Um, and that's the most likely to prevent lawsuits. Uh, in addition, um, on that theme, um, the importance of properly training supervisors cannot be overstated here. Um, by giving managers and supervisors the authority to act on behalf of the company, their mistakes, their wrongful conduct, 
is yours. It's the company's. Um, so, for instance, if a manager isn't providing subordinates with compliant rest breaks or they're calculating overtime incorrectly, it's as if the company's doing it because they were endowed with that power, so to speak. And so all their liability passes through them and directly goes to the company. So you can't point and say it's their fault. It will be the company's fault at the end of the day. Um, so, again, that's uh, all very important to make sure that uh, managers are properly trained um, from the get go. Excellent advice, Ryan. And that does it for today. As we've seen in this series, California startups operate in a dynamic and ever-evolving employment legal landscape. Staying informed on um, potential legal challenges will help ensure a solid foundation for your startup success. You can continue to find California employment news on our law blog at the lelawblog.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'll see you next time. Thank you. 